dichotomy going on within your life. And, mm-hmm. and then I've got my soccer and my, and my social life and my lifestyle. And they're two separate things. Just, I would just say, just pray that just legitimately pray, mm-hmm. ask God. To- What's up guys. How's it going? This is your host, John Hollinger. Welcome to a footballer's faith where we talk about football and faith. So if you are a footballer and you want to grow in your relationship with Christ and just grow in your faith, this is the podcast for you. Because here, you know, we not only do we talk about the football journey, right? The highs and the lows within the sport and all the things that go on behind the scenes. But we also talk about the faith journey as well. Right. So I'm interviewing other pro soccer players, other pro coaches, ex pro players and anyone really around the game. And we talk about what it looks like to have a a relationship with Jesus Christ, having that faith on and off the soccer pitch and, you know, the daily habits, you know, what it looks like and that whole entire journey. So, yeah, this episode in particular was with Hunter Gilstrap. So it was, it was a great episode. And, you know, just before you guys listen as well, if you could also subscribe to the podcast, if you could leave a rating and a review as well over on iTunes, that would really help because it helps us move up in the rankings. That way, more people can find the podcast. And also... If you could head over to my website, afootballersfaith.com, and you could check out the blogs there, and you could check out also, you know, we have we have merchandise in the store if you want to cop some merch, and yeah, you could see, you know, my faith journey as well within soccer, and also on social media, Instagram in particular is a underscore footballers underscore faith. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. And here's the show. Hunter Gilstrap. What's up, man? Welcome to a football. How's it going, John? Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm super excited to be here. An honor. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited as well because I, you know, two things I really like to talk about is is football, you know, what, you know, soccer in America, but also faith, yeah. right? So, right. you know, that's, that's what we talk about here. And, you know, when, when I worked with you over and trained with you in Pittsburgh, that was three years ago, that was 2017, right before I was going into my graduate season for soccer, for, for college. And uh, we trained a little bit together. I did your, uh, the Riverhounds, um, goalkeeping academy that summer yeah. the college group and right. uh yeah you know i i learned a little bit about you as well and and uh you uh you know being you know open with your faith as well so i thought it'd be great to get you on so well, i appreciate it man um I, I you know and i've been really it's been really cool to kind of um basically through the lens of social media and instagram and you know kind of from a distance kind of watch your journey and watch what you've done and kind of how you've grown into this like really awesome uh 
sort of passionate follower of Jesus, man. I think that I, there's there's nothing cooler to see, to be totally honest, than someone that because a lot of guys have have a faith and find a faith and and you know very you know private with it and don't want out there and it's it's why it's just super super cool to somebody on fire you know what i mean and share share their faith and share their love of of, uh, of god and and watch just amazing things happen because god that's when god really works through you you know what i mean and that's when your your whole world kind of changes mm -hmm. definitely yeah because like like for me like when when we crossed paths i was like in a transition period from the end of my undergrad of college going into a new environment at a, at a new college so like i think like for me and i you know a lot of people as well like going into like new environments like like you really start to look more deeper into your faith as well. And like, for me, like I had never seen like pros, you know, talk about their faith like openly. But when I came, when I came to the Riverhounds, like I saw you as well as Trey, the goalkeeper, the starting goalkeeper there and Taylor and some other guys from the crew there, uh, you know, be very open about their faith. So I thought that was, you know, very inspiring. So like, yeah, I think like, you know, that helped me a lot in my, in my journey as well, you know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't we just start off? Like who is Hunter Gilstrap? And, and let's see, let's see 30 to 60 seconds. <laughs> All right. 30 to 60 seconds. Okay. Who is Hunter Gilstrap today? Today I am a, I am a father. Uh, I'm a father of two incredible adopted boys and i'm the husband to the most amazing wife uh, and above all that i'm a follower of jesus so that's that's obviously the, the biggest priority and then everything else kind of falls underneath that um for the first time over the last course of the year now i, I am a guy that has a regular job you know what i mean and and then and then sort of what's been pushed off in the background i'm still still a guy that loves soccer and loves coaching soccer and loves um to coach and, and, and try to develop and inspire young goalkeepers. And then in the past sort of three weeks to a month, I've, I've sort of discovered that uh, there's still a route and there's still a path for me to like passionately dive into that and um, explore what it is to, to share that passion and to share the, you know, little bit of knowledge and experience I have out there to try to, to help people to help some goalkeepers that maybe uh, maybe don't know, maybe don't have access or don't know, you know, aren't able to learn the things that I was, I've been able to be exposed to or, you know, pros or high-level college keepers get to find out. So uh, I started this new journey. Um, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But, yeah, that's it. That's it right now. And, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. funny that soccer, soccer has slid way down mm -hmm. the totem pole in, in my life over the class, over the last year, even though it's always been kind of what I, what I saw myself as. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like, that sounds great. And what you're up to now, like your passions that you're talking about, we'll definitely touch upon that, you know, towards the end. Cool. I love what you're doing with, with everything with that. So, um, so yeah, when did you start playing soccer? Where did you grow up? How was it, okay. you know, growing up for you soccer wise and also faith wise as well? So, 
soccer-wise, I grew up in uh, South Carolina, which is a place that doesn't have, obviously, a reputation for being like a, this hotbed of soccer where, you know, great players are developed. Um, it's weird because North Carolina has that reputation. Georgia, Florida kind of have more of a reputation for that. But South Carolina, for whatever reason, has always been kind of behind. Uh, so that's that's the environment I grew up in. Um, all my friends growing up were, you know, in school, most of them played football, baseball, basketball. Um, I wasn't even there – were, there were obviously guys there that played soccer, but, you know, those uh, weren't even necessarily my closest friends. I kind of stumbled onto it. My dad was a college athlete, a football and basketball player at Clemson University, and then um, went on to be a college football coach for a little while and coached every single sport for me growing up. Uh, I didn't really like anything, but I was kind of made to do it all. And then sort of stumbled onto soccer around the time I was I, – I, I, I did it all the way up, you know, from the time I was like six, recreationally. Um, but didn't really, didn't really catch fire, didn't really love it until the 94 World Cup happened. The kid on my rec team, he and his dad – his dad and mom, University, and that was during the actually during the '94 World Cup final, and um, that week at camp, I got to see like a, a perspective of like what like more high-level youth soccer looked like. Kids that like played for club teams and that sort of thing, mixed with like the energy and excitement for the World Cup. And it was during that week that I kind of was like, "Whoa! Like this is cool. All these games are on. All these people are excited about it. There's these goalies that get to wear these really cool shirts. Um, I want to do that." And so, like, Tony Miola was the 94 men's team, national team goalkeeper. And I was like, I want to be Tony Miola. I want to have that crazy ponytail and, you know, the Adidas Predator goalkeeper jersey. Looking back on it now, it was like, looked like something I threw up all over it. But at the time, it was the coolest thing, you know, ever. And it was more of that stuff that, like, maybe you want to be a goalkeeper than the actual, you know, what a goalkeeper does. But that got the ball rolling for me. And then, Within a year or two, I was on a club team. And then a year after that, I was playing for, like, the best team in the state after we'd moved to a, a new town in outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, it kind of came naturally to me. Growing up then, it was rare to have, like, a goalkeeper coach for your club team in South Carolina. So I didn't really get much coaching um, during the years. I would try to go, like, two or three camps every summer. I would always go to, like, Clemson University's camp, which is where I ended up going to school. Um, and then I'd try to go to a couple others and, and you'd have like ODP camp and, and stuff like that because back back then ODP really that was the like way you, that was the only path to get the national team um, that's all changed now obviously but uh, I only ever made the state team I never made the regional team which was that next step before you could you know get scouted for the national team um, <clears throat> I got recruited to Clemson but as a like a recruited walk-on I think I was fourth string as a freshman um, made my way into like a competing for starting job by my third year won the starting job that year broke my arm in preseason uh we had a freshman national team goalie coming in so from then on like working back from that injury it was like a battle um kind of a battle 50 50 who was going to play each week so played my last two years at clemson uh splitting time i had a fifth year transferred to the college of charleston um only because I thought I'd have a better chance to play pro if I was not splitting time, if I was an out-and-out -out starter. And and that all worked out, and that kind of led to my pro journey. Um, 
which is, you know, we could talk about in a second, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. from a faith perspective, I grew up in, in a, in a family with awesome, two awesome parents, the only child. Um, I knew about Jesus. I knew about the Bible. I went to church um, all the way through. Uh, when soccer started to get really kind of serious and heavy around the time I was 13 or 14, then we started having stuff on the weekends and church became less of a priority. Um, and then I started, I, I was at that point where I was able to like start this whole, uh, really kind of compartmentalization of my, of my faith where in my mind, I had this very real relationship with, um, with God. Uh, but I didn't have to show anybody and I could definitely not show all the guys in my club team because they were all, you know, cussing and, yeah. and it, not that I don't cuss still, you know, I still slip up a lot more than I should, but, uh, and you know, they were into bad, some partying and that, and that kind of stuff. And I never really got into that in high school, but, uh, but you know, just sort of the, the beginning of what would be through my college and, um, even probably first few years of my pro experience, this, this idea of I'm going to have a relationship with Christ, but I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm not going to, my teammates don't need to know that, that, you know, I can still go out. I can still do whatever I want that everybody else is doing and it's okay because I'm forgiven, you know what I mean? And grace. So I was almost exploiting, um even kind of consciously which, which i think is is a real trap for, for a lot of christians especially guys and girls that, that grow up in in the southeast uh because that's what i know that's why i say that that's what i know um i think it's just christian right? Because everybody is, everybody was young. You know what I mean? It's a culture trapped in that, um, and got caught up in the partying and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, had a really, really amazing sort of, uh, collision with, with, uh, Christ. Um, when I, when I moved to the Cleveland city stars for my second pro season, which is a team that probably no one's even heard of anymore, but was a USL team. Uh, back in 2008 through 2009, which is actually uh, a Christian team. Like the Charlotte Eagles were kind of the model for a Christian pro team before that, missions-based pro team. Uh, and, and the Cleveland City Stars kind of popped up as like a similar but different model. Uh, and it was there that I got exposed to, for the first time, like like real authentic guys that were like super cool. And, and you know, in my view of them, super, these super, like my first impression, these super cool guys that are pro soccer players that are so good that have played at the highest levels from some of the best places in the country and are just like real, just genuine, like didn't care that <clears throat> they didn't care that, that I went out, that I was partying, that I'd done all this kind of stuff. Didn't care. They just like loved me so aggressively and so hard and like cared deeply about me and asked like real questions and were so interested in me. Um, and that was kind of the first time that I really got exposed to like, like, this is Jesus. Like, this is, this is unconditional love. Like these guys have no agenda and you could take the soccer away from them at any point And they wouldn't, 
you know, wouldn't affect them because they're just, and they just love me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was being in that environment for the first time that I was like, whoa, like, this is different. Like, this is, this is what I want. And it was Martin Rennie, who's down the coach. He was a coach of Vancouver Whitecaps for a while. Now he's a head coach of uh, Indy 11. He was the coach of that team at that time. And it was his first pro job. And we were really good, too. Like, we, we lost in the semifinals in 2007. And then we won the league in 2008. And mm-hmm. um, 2009, we made the jump to, like, the top league. Right now, like, the difference is, like, the, you've got USL Championship and then USL League One. Basically, we had the same thing then. We'd be, like, a USL League One team. And then in 09, we jumped to the USL Championship. And uh, probably didn't have the budget, didn't have the structure. Martin had left to go to Carolina Railhawks. Uh, we weren't as good that year. But but it, but it was that year in 2009 where I, I said, you know, I got to put my money where the mouth is. Where my mouth is. You know, I want to be baptized. Like even my whole growing up life, I had this whole uh, idea that, you know, I'm not good enough yet. God, I'm not good enough yet. Like I'm not, I know my heart. I know it's dirty. I know the thoughts in my head. You know what I mean? I, I know how flawed I am. I'm not good enough yet to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it wasn't until that time in Cleveland where I finally really got to understand grace and know that part of being a human being and being, you know, you know, part of this sin that we can't get away from is knowing that we're never going to be good enough. And the only reason that we're able to have a relationship with Christ is because of what he did for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like this kind of slap in the face of like, this is really what grace is. Stop, get over yourself and get baptized and, 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 and you know, put put a line in the sand show everyone that this that you belong to me you know what i mean and and I've, i'll take care of you i've got you forever no matter what happens like but but you, you can't do you can't walk the walk and and claim that you really believe in me and not and not be willing to do this small thing and like say that you know in baptism i think you can't undervalue the importance of it you know what I mean? So it was in that time in 2009. That was that was when I got baptized by our goalkeeper coach there, and the and the he was the president of the club too. His name's Aaron Treadway. He's done a bunch of really cool soccer mission stuff. He's got some cool books. Uh, so that was that was it. And and from then on, like from then on, I felt like I had this obligation. Is not the right word, but but I just had to. And everything I did, especially in soccer, I had to, sh- to let everyone know that this is who I am. And I also felt like it was important to let everyone know this is who I am. And I'm all, and I'm screwed up, and I'm flawed, and I still struggle with the same things that you guys struggle with. Um, and it's okay for me to struggle with those things. It's not okay for me to be okay with those things, but it's okay for me to struggle with those things and tell you guys that Jesus loves me despite that. Uh, because that's what grace is. And, and I think it was at that point that I was okay being anywhere in any environment and around any group of guys. And cause, cause the question that every, everyone that doesn't know Christ and doesn't know God's grace is going to come to you with is, Oh, you're not perfect. Like, how dare you call yourself your Christian? You're not perfect. You know what I mean? But that's the whole story. Yeah. That's your, that's your jump off point. That's your, that's your, well, let me tell you about this. And I'm not saying I'm good at that, but, but that's what it is. You know, that's what it's all about. It's all about being screwed up. It's all about being dirty. It's all about being messed up. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. That's all I got. That's yeah. all I got. Love, love that. Love that. <laughs> wow. I talk, yeah. I talked straight for 10 minutes. I'm sorry. No, that's great. That's great. You know, because like, um, that's, that's what Jesus is about. You know, like he saves us because we, we're not perfect. We're broken. Right. We're messed up, you know, um, but we got to keep, you know, trying, but like no one, no one is perfect, you know? So right. yeah, I love that. I mean, I could, you know, and I could definitely tell, like, it sounds like you're like on fire for Christ during that time. So like, what was it like, like day in and day out, like into the locker room, game day, outside the pitch? Like, is it like night and day almost like after, but like, or like, you know, were you also still struggling sometimes with your faith and, and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that it was ever any different. You know what I mean? I just, I just knew that there, that burden was lifted off my shoulders that, because before that I was always afraid to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I have a relationship with Christ. I, I, I pray, I pray all the time. I'm always talking to God. Like, I was afraid for anyone to know that because they were going to judge my actions. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were going to say, but you're not perfect, but you're, how can you, you're not allowed to be that because of the way that you live your life. Um, what I will say changed is my, my heart changed. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. All the, you know, the, the, it's not like the partying stopped. It's not like the, you know, stuff with girls stopped. I wish I could have said that it did, but, uh, those were still struggles, and, but but what I will say is that the more I kind of sought after Christ, kind of humbly sought after Christ, and um, just your heart starts to change slowly, and those things that that they may never go away, those struggles, but but you start to. I honestly think before that there was this feeling in the back of my head: okay, if I do this, now I have to miss out on all that other stuff you know what I mean? But that, that feeling just kind of eventually just started to go away a little bit, little by little, little by little, the more, the more I would, you know, kind of work on putting Christ first and, and getting the word, which has always been a struggle for me. That's, I, that, that's probably still today. My biggest struggle is I don't spend enough time, you know, in, in the word every day. Um, but still, the more I would seek him, the more my heart would change. And, um, and honestly, those, those things that were struggles, they eventually, I'm not going to say they go away, but, but they don't become the struggles. And, and the other side of it too is I, now I don't have any fear of anyone ever knowing about anything that I've ever done. I don't have, feel like I have to hide anything mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it just gives me a better opportunity to talk about how amazing God's grace is. Mm -hmm. I can't, I mean, I don't have enough, I, there's, I don't have enough time to tell you all the incredible blessings that I, that have been just been poured out on me. I mean, most recently, obviously the, my, my incredible wife, the two amazing boys that we've adopted, the, the, the hundreds of people who donated money to our family as we raised money to make these adoptions happen. Like it's, it's, there are so many things that have happened in my life that, should not have happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and it would be very easy to go. And the, here's the really cool thing. Like my, my career could have taken a very drastic change in direction after that 2009 year in Cleveland, 2010 is the first year I get invited to a preseason camp 
for an MLS team. I go with Toronto FC. Guess what? I'm not acting like I should be. I'm not being, I'm not walking the walk. I'm not, I'm not honoring God. Those guys, who knows if they had any idea that I was Christian. Um, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Like, I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this team. Like, I, I feel like I'm, Stephen Fry was the number one. Brian Edwards was number two. There was no number three. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to be the number three. I'll start as number three, and then I'll win the job as number two. And then eventually I'll get my chance to play a game, and then I'll be the number one. And that's the, kind of the, always the way that I felt. But I don't know if I was too big for my britches or God just had a better plan. And, you know, for whatever reason, the last week of preseason, Milos Kosic from D.C. United gets dropped by them. They're in the same place as we are in preseason. He shows up to our preseason. And bam, he gets signed, and I'm out the door. And at the time, it was devastating. But had that not happened, I don't come to Pittsburgh. Hmm. I didn't want to come to Pittsburgh. At the time, Pittsburgh probably had the reputation of being the absolute worst pro soccer team in the United States. <laughs> um, that's not a joke. I didn't want to come. But I, but I said, you know what? This is my only real opportunity. Uh, it was between stay, going to Pittsburgh, taking an offer, or going to Charleston, uh, and continuing to trial because that coach has kind of a reputation making guys trial, 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 and only offering contract last minute. Probably would have made the team there, but I wanted to take the offer. I didn't want to wait around. So I rolled the dice here to Pittsburgh. Um, long story short, that season was fantastic. Uh, tons of personal growth for me. Get plugged in an awesome church. Meet my wife a year later, like two years later, and the rest is history. You know what I mean? And, and that's God. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I could have been an MLS goalkeeper and maybe I'd have been a big douchebag and thought really highly of myself. And who knows what would happen in my faith. I would like to think that it, it still grows, but that, you know, that's not what happened. That's not God's plan. So I don't have any bitterness to the fact that I never made an MLS team. Um, it, I mean, God's funny. Guys, guys that I played in front of, lots of guys I played in front of went on to have great careers in MLS. Some are still playing in MLS. And that's just the way that it goes. And, and, you know, I'm just so thankful for every single step of the journey. I'm so thankful that I stepped away from pro coaching. You know what I mean? And, and now I'm in a, a crazy, completely new world where I'm learning tons of new stuff every day. And God's just so faithful. He just keeps providing, keeps providing. And, and let me be clear too, that I'm not, I'm not a believer in this prosperity gospel stuff because I've gone through a lot of what people would view as bad stuff too. But a lot of that bad stuff is where we, you know, that's where you really have to lean into Christ and cling to cling to the cross because that's, and that, and that's where you really, really, really find this deep trust and this deep uh, appreciation for, for just what God does. Mm -hmm. It puts everything in perspective. So I don't know if that, any of that made sense, but. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. You know, I'm, great, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful. Yeah. I, can, I, I get Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean like you know god does things for us you know and like you know we don't know what's gonna happen and then you know he works out everything you know for for the better you know i think it's um you know romans eight twenty eight. you know he works everything for you know the better for for those who love him you know so yeah i mean <laughs> you know, that's, you know, sometimes you don't know, you know, if you're going through a tough time, uh, what, what's, you know, you know, what God is doing, but you know, he, his plans are always like, you know, the best. So, 
Um, yeah. And I, I like, I like also how you mentioned prosperity gospel too. And I think it's like important to like learn, really learn about like what, you know, the Bible is about, you know, what your, you know, beliefs are, because like, if, if you don't really, then like, it could be, you can find yourself, you know, kind of believing or like learning something that's not really true. And it's, I think it's good to like, um, sure. Yeah. To, to continue to like question things because like, I know like the, in the Bible, the Bereans, like even they themselves, they continually like compared the gospel, the scripture to what it was beforehand, you know? And I think like, you know, as believers in Christ, as well as like, like sometimes like, like for us, right? Like as, you know, as high level pro soccer players, like our egos can kind of get a little inflated sometimes and it's not even just pro soccer it could be any any industry you're in like if you're a ceo sure. you're in business. Yeah. but like those things are going really well we, we yeah. started to think it was all because of us yeah exactly so it's like you know it's it's easy to think it's us but it's like at the end of the day it's it's really it's really god you know right. um and, and and things like that so yeah how was it for you uh like were you ever playing with a team that wasn't like so strong in their faith like not i think the year before cleveland the your first year in the league how was that and yeah. oh yeah my, my my rookie year i was there used to be a usl draft hmm. way back a million years ago and uh my so my first year i was kind of unexpectedly drafted by miami fc who has existed in like a few different versions over the years. They're, they're back in the league again. Um, and it was in Miami. It was, you know, that was, I would probably say the last few years of college in my rookie year, probably the furthest that I was, you know, away from, you know, Christ and, and living any kind of life that I should be proud of. Um, and, and, you know, that was, I think part of the big reason that I, I was drawn to the idea of going to Cleveland and with, with God and you spend time away from him, you, you feel longing. And even if you probably don't have a relationship with Christ, I think everyone has this hole inside of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This feeling that this emptiness that we're trying to fill up with, stuff or you know success whether that's soccer success or our fame or you know what i mean like we got that hole and it's there and it's, it's a constant like yearning at us so i when i had the conversation with um with martin rennie about going to take, join the team in cleveland in the off season of i kind of i kind of i didn't really understand how pro soccer and contracts work at the end of the year in miami i was just kind of like i don't want to be here anymore had an option year and I didn't really understand any of that time. I didn't really have an agent. So I was like, let me go. Just let me go. Let me go. I don't want to be down here. And so they did. And I didn't realize that was kind of burning a bridge. I kind of owed that. I didn't really understand what I was doing. And I don't know if that was floating around the league that I was this, this kid that like thought he was hot and wanted to move on or what, but I wasn't getting, wasn't getting much. I only played like five games as a rookie and wasn't getting a lot of like love because I wasn't from a big, I, I'd been at Clemson, but went to college at Charleston, which is not a big time program necessarily. And um, 
Yeah. So I just thought I was going to go to another team. And so the big clubs in the USL were not knocking on my door. I uh, didn't really know what I was going to do. So I was starting to really kind of look into that second tier, which, which would again be comparable like USL League One, I think it's now called. Yeah. Um, then, it, then it was called USL Two. Um, and again, not a ton of love. And then, you know, I, I had video go, I was sitting around and then I got a call from Martin, like I said. And, and at the end of that call, I was like very on the fence because they were like, oh, we can pay you $600 a month and you're going to live with a host family. And I was like, what? Like, that's, that's way less than I was making in Miami. I could live in a sweet apartment and overlook a pool. And, yeah. and I was like, I'm worth more than that. You know, these the ridiculous thoughts that you get in your head. Like, uh, and then at the end of that conversation, Martin, he's like, well, like, why don't we, can we pray together? And it was like in that moment where I, I tried not to let him notice, but I like broke down and I could just like feel God like tugging at my heart. You know what I mean? Saying like, take this step. Like, I want you here again. This is come be with, come do this, like see what happens. And they they'd never had a team before as expansion team. And sounded like a crazy idea in Cleveland, Ohio. Like who wants to live in Cleveland, Ohio? Um, and so I did it. And, and now, you know, that probably changed my life more than any, the course of my life more than anything else has. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think the, just danger like I don't know if, if there's guys out there that any of this resonates with any of this like this dichotomy going on within your life and, mm-hmm. and then I've got my soccer and my and my social life and my lifestyle and they're two separate things just I would just say just pray that just legitimately pray mm-hmm. ask God to work on, to work on changing that, you know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. just ask him to work on changing that because he will. And it might not be in the cool thing about what God does is, is our timelines are so our culture. Now we're so like set on something happened immediately, like instant gratification. And God's timeline is hilariously different to our own every, mm-hmm. almost every single time. Mm-hmm. Never once did I end up playing for the team that I thought I was going to play for as like contract negotiates with it. Never once. It never, ever went the way that I thought it was going to. And it always worked out perfectly. I mean, not perfectly in, in the eyes of like man in terms of money and success and notoriety, but perfectly in terms of like landing me where I am now with my family, with my wife, with my kids, mm-hmm. able to share my passion with, you know, hundreds of kids each week, like maybe not hundreds, uh, hundreds of kids each year, you know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. And does part of me deep down still want recognition? Yes. Does part of me deep down still want to coach at the pro level? Yes. But I'm pretty sure that's not what God wants for me right now. And, And if that ends up being something that is part of his plan at some point, fantastic. If not, doesn't matter. doesn't matter what everybody thinks doesn't matter and that's the thing that we have to keep reminding ourselves we're just really concerned about what everybody else thinks mm-hmm. and we only really need to be concerned about what god thinks and the cool thing about that is what he thinks of us never changes mm-hmm. he's so completely in love and so completely invested and so completely i mean you can't even describe that love it's n- it's nothing 
even comparable to the love that I have for my kids, the love I have for my wife, the love I have for my parents. Like, I can't, I, I can't even fathom how deep this love is for us. Imagine, you know, like throwing yourself in front of a car to save a stranger. I mean, we all think that we would do that. We've seen movies. We've seen cool stuff on TV. We all think we would do that, but would we do that? Would I do that? I don't know. Jesus did yeah. for everybody. And that's just like mind blowing. And, and we don't take enough time, even in my walk, like with, with Christ, like I don't take enough time to actually sit down and think about what it actually meant for Jesus, the son of the God of the universe, God himself, right? Who could do whatever he wanted, chose to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally the most powerful, I mean, God and man, he, he was human, but he was God. The most powerful human being to ever be on the earth, walking among men, chose to be ridiculed and beaten and mocked and have the most shameful death, right? The worst death anyone could imagine for, for you and for me and for anybody else who's listening and for everybody else. I asked just incredible. If we if we all took one one percent of that kind of love and, and and aimed it towards strangers we deal with every single day, or even the people that are close to us, like the world would be a totally different place. Mm -hmm. Definitely, man. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like as well, like he he felt like the same emotions as well because he was human. Yeah, you know? he so was human. Yeah, he went through those tough emotions as well. He asked God to take it away. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said, I don't want to do this. I don't take this away. Take this cup from me, mm -hmm. but your will be done. And that's how we got to approach everything. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to want to do what God wants to do for your life. You don't. Right. You just got to be willing to let him take charge. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it could be a struggle sometimes, like you were saying. It's always, a, me. always a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, you know, I think as well, like, for me, at least growing up as well, like, kind of like the, the dichotomy, the conflict between, like, soccer and, like, and God and kind of yeah. not, like, seeing how both of them could, you know, blend together. But, you know, like when I went to Pittsburgh and I saw you guys there, like that was actually really inspiring because like, like the way you kind of described how it was at Cleveland, like I saw like, like you guys were very genuine, very cool, like, and like, we're just yeah, open about, you know, Jesus, but also like, you know, at the professional soccer level. And I was like, wow, that's, these guys, you know, put it together very well. So like. I was like, all right. And it's like, I, I, I think it's like this alignment, you know, and then that's when you're, that's when you play better. That's when you just live better. I think, you know, like more confidence, more, more joy. Right. Yeah. And it's also like the ability to like, you know, have God in charge, you know, and, yeah. and if he asks for, you know, everything from you, like if he says, all right, give me the soccer ball, you know, soccer is done for you. Yeah. you know? And yeah. being able to give that away to Christ and yeah. being, being still happy no matter what, you know, and fulfilled. Yeah, that's the, that's the hard stuff, man, too. And that's like going back to what you said about playing better is, I don't know, like 
it, it, almo it, it almost felt like for me, like by the time my faith like really kind of came to the forefront in my whole life, like when I was meeting my wife and all, and all that kind of stuff, I'll be totally honest. Like I didn't play better. Mm -hmm. Start playing worse. Yeah. Start making more mistakes. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know that. I don't know why. Maybe it was just getting old. Maybe it was, I didn't. I was now more invested in real life stuff, like starting a family and getting married. Maybe so soccer wasn't as much of a focus. Maybe I, I kind of it was kind of in my head that MLS wasn't going to happen, and so you know I, I took the foot off the gas a little bit. I don't know, but you know. And that's that was always kind of my struggle those last few years I was playing was, you know, does this really matter? And that's probably the answer that nobody wants to hear on a podcast like this. But I don't know. I, I still don't know soccer, sports, goalkeeping. It's what I love. It's what I'm passionate about. I don't know how much it matters. I think what matters is as long as we're using it as a platform to show people how incredible God's love is, it doesn't matter. And that's, that's the challenging part too, because that might not mean that game or it shelled and give up six goals and three of them were mistakes. Like, and that, and that's the hard part, like being willing to let that go. And that's why it's always such a hard thing because, you know, like being a high level Bro, like you got to be cutthroat. You got to have an edge. You got to, and, and and so it's tough. And and I really struggle with that. My last few years playing, like the kind of the bigger stuff behind all of it, because I was getting more and more kind of mentally and emotionally tired of competing all the time. Um, but I know not everyone struggles with that. But that was definitely part of part of my struggle with it. But again, it all led to, to an incredible place and. Uh, and, and I've, I've been able to meet like you, like we didn't have a super close relationship, but just getting to see that I, that what we were doing there had any influence on you at all. Like, mm -hmm. obviously it wasn't us doing that. It was God working through us, but like, that's so just encouraging. You know what I mean? Just, just to know that just, cause I didn't feel like I was doing anything special. I didn't, you know what I mean? And honestly probably wasn't even doing as good a job as I should with all this kind of stuff, but, but God works like God doesn't need us. He works no matter what all the time. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever feel like you're like letting God down by not doing your job, not upholding your end of the bargain, get over yourself because there is no, your end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. He'll use you when he wants to use you. All the work is done. Jesus did it all on the cross. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I definitely agree with that, you know, especially like when you said like, to like to inspire and to impact others, you know, for Christ to point in, you know, for his direction, because, um, you know, it also says in the Bible, like, using your gifts for his glory, you know, and like, you know, you know, you, you just happen to play soccer, or you just happen to yeah. now you work in sales. And now you have your podcast GK for free. Right. Yeah. Hap like, right. like you just, that's just happened. That just, it's just what you do. You know, it's just, it's a gift yeah. that you might have, you know? So, um, yeah. So why don't you talk about a little bit what you're doing over there at GK for free? I, okay. I, I really like what you're doing over there and, uh, yeah. Well, so, so part of the reason I took my job 
with the company that I'm with, it's a very small um, company, seven, eight people. Um, the reason I took the job, the former teammate, the guy that was on the team when you were there, Victor Soto, connected me with the guy that is the president of the company, who just also happens to be a Christian. Um, he adopted two kids when he was younger, when the, that's their kids are done. Like, it was just as soon as I sat down for the interview, like, we we clicked. And I didn't know those things before the interview. I was like, I think this is where God wants me to be. Um, so I left the, the just being in the soccer world back in, even before the season was finished, and it was like a historic year for the Riverhounds. They finished first place in the league and, um, you know, had a shot to win the, win the championship, but didn't. But I stepped away from that, like, with a, like a month and a half to go and kind of felt that all happening. And just because I, I knew the timing was right and I'd been looking to move on so I give my family more more of my time because that's important when my as my boys are growing up. And uh, so since I did that, I stayed on with the academy role. I, I was always the pro goalie. I mean, after I stopped playing, I was the pro goalie coach and ran all the academy programs. I've run all the academy programs since 2010 or 2011 goalkeepers so even when I was playing um so I still do that but I mean I don't know if you know this yet but once you step away from a pro environment it's different all of a sudden it's way different you know what I mean so even though I'm still on the field with kids and helping players develop it's just not the same and so uh since I stepped away in September to you know a month ago I just have this kind of uh, like it's, I know, I, God, I think this is where you want me. So I'm gonna give it my all, but man, like, uh, I just I'm tired. I've got two kids at under two at home. It's just everything feels like a lot. Like it's just a lot. I'm tired, I'm not getting sleep. I'm up in the middle of the night with the baby. Like, just uh. so. So my boss, he's a smart guy. He he understands kind of the direction that business is going, and and even in our industry, which is like heavy industrial stuff, like storage equipment and you know, buildings and mezzanines, all that kind of stuff that probably nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um, he understands that the direction of, of where everything's going is, is like, is media, right? It's media. Like if you're not, if you're not into the world of like creating content and branding and like you will die, your company will die. You will know, you will cease to exist. If you're continuing to do business the way that things have done, been done forever, see ya. Right. And that's just what happened. The, 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 vi the coronavirus has accelerated everything five, 10 years in five months. Um, so he's kind of been trying to, I'm, I'm the youngest guy there for 20 years, which is another thing that's very interesting about this company. But uh, so I get to feel like a rookie again, but he's kind of been trying to push me towards like educating myself and, and learning digital marketing and learning strategy to operate through social media and all that kind of stuff so that we can kind of change our business. Um, change our business strategy at least um, because we can't get to the customers in their facilities anymore like we've always had to do uh, so that through that process he encouraged me to listen to the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast and I had no idea who that was aside from the fact that Mark Polisic and Dan Visser Mark is Christian Polisic's dad obviously everyone knows who that is they were other assistants on the Riverhounds a couple years ago and Mark did a podcast for a little while about parenting and soccer parenting and everyone's interested in it because obviously he's Christian's dad and everybody wants to know how they got to the level they're at. And so Gary V caught wind of that through following Christian on, on social and Gary had uh, Mark and Fiss on their show and interviewed and talked about parenting and helicopter parenting and all that kind of stuff. So 
that was my only exposure. So anyway, he gives me this goal to listen to one hour a week of Gary Vee. And so I do. Not, I, it takes me like two or three weeks before I actually start doing it, which is bad on me. But So three weeks ago, I do. And as soon as I hear it, it's like my head explodes. Um, because uh, if you don't know Gary Vee, go listen for a little bit. The, the language is, can be a lot. It's, it's pretty explicit with, with, with how he talks. But the content's actually incredible. And, it, and it's, uh, it's basically just about like if you've ever had anything that you want to do or makes you happy, like stop doing whatever it is you're doing right now and make sure you're pursuing it and make sure you're pursuing it a hundred percent or don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, and most of this is through the, like, through the, you know, the, you know, going through your socials and content creation and all that kind of stuff, which I really didn't know about, but, but I've kind of had this idea in my back pocket that some point down the road, I'll run a goalkeeper Academy or I'll have my own thing. Right. And because I've always had that idea in my back, and this is not a new idea. This is something that I've had since, forever right starting my own thing and I love working for the Riverhounds I love what I do there and I would never do anything to jeopardize that so obviously I haven't done anything because I would compete with them and what they do uh but it's been something that I knew I'd be passionate about because it'd be my own thing my own everything like no external influence my own approach to training goalies and because of that I've been a little reluctant to like put content out there or put anything in writing or put anything out there because I felt like I've got all these ideas that are my own and they're going to just change the world of goalkeeping, which is ridiculous. Like how selfish, how, how, you know what I mean? Like I'm just a goalkeeper coach. Some of the stuff I had is pretty good. It helps some guys, but like nothing out there is that different from anybody else. Um, but so I listen to this podcast. I'm like, Oh man, I'm missing the boat here. Like how selfish, like I'm keeping, I'm sitting on all this and I'm just going to sit on it forever right because what's going to change like nothing's going to change if i if i continue doing what i'm doing so stop viewing it like a potential payday a potential you know future business plan because nobody makes money coaching soccer nobody makes money running a, a training program like whatever like get over get over myself and then it hit me and and he, he talks about adding value like if you, if you really want to you know make an impact you have to give something very you have to give something very valuable away and all of a sudden that just hit home to me like wow like what am i waiting on i i, I i'm gonna i want to get all of this out i get all these ideas in my head out i want everyone to see them i want everyone to hear it if if everyone hears it and thinks this guy's an idiot fine but if one person hears it and there's and it like helps that keeper in north dakota who's 13 who has, who's going to be this freak athlete with great size and potential, but has no opportunity to train or learn anything. And so he gets looked over by all the, you know, the big colleges because he's just so, that's the kid I want to help. That's the kid I want to reach. And, you know, I have my, my goal with what we do in Pittsburgh with the Riverhounds Goalkeeper Academy has always been to help as many goalkeepers in the area as possible. But because youth soccer is such a politically charged landscape, a lot of the clubs in town don't want their kids to come train with us because they're afraid we'll like steal their players and, and it's just all this shit and i'm saying shit on a christian podcast because it's the only way to describe it that gets in the way right and so the idea is to go above all of that right and just put everything out there everything i got everything i have time to do get it all out there for free right with this goal of hopefully helping somebody and, and through that i want to like I'll, you know, hopefully it gains enough momentum that we can align with some, you know, network with guys like you and other pros. And, and, you know, we build this network of, all right, well, this week you're going to hear from this goalkeeper that plays for the LA Galaxy and he's going to 
shoot a video and tell us, you know, this one little tip that he knows that nobody else knows that helped him be successful. Like that's the whole idea. Right. So I think this idea of, cause there's a lot of good stuff out there um, on the internet. Most of it is I'll, I'll say in product, like you see a lot of really advanced keepers doing really advanced skills, like uh, making saves in the top corner or, you know, blocking or side volleys like my it's my my trigger like a trigger thing you know what I mean and I was always a goalkeeper that did side volley but like it's it's such a distraction from like everything right now like I really feel like keepers are getting pulled away from learning how to be good goalkeepers because they're spending all their time trying to learn how to side volley on the internet yeah um and I I mentioned something about that today but but I just think it it, it has this potential to really kind of change some things and to really really kind of, I mean, that's why we've started stuff that I don't even help a professional goalkeeper. And, and that's all I want to do. And we're, we'll get more advanced over time, but, and, and, you know, maybe down the road, this turns into, you know, like free, a free camp or, you know, something like that. Or we're able to like, actually travel out to places and work with um, and they've kind of they were I think they were a little hesitant when they saw, saw me pop off on social media like I'd never done before so I don't even like social media that much believe it or not I'm mm-hmm. um, just trying to follow this kind of Gary V content model of putting it all out there mm-hmm. um, and so as of right now, I have their blessing. Hopefully, I continue to have their blessing with this because, you know, not hurting anyone. It's only helping, I think, everyone. And that's the idea that shows, you know, what I feel with my faith and Christ and, and my family because I think all that's important and all that should kind of go hand in hand with it because it's that's who I am. And, and I think I don't want to put anything out there that's not also who I am and what I'm about. So. I guess that's it. Might might not have made sense. I can I ramble way too much, which is the, also the problem with starting a podcast, and that's why I I knew by episode two I needed to get another voice in there. So that's why I brought Will Marshall to keep me from doing this. Mm-hmm. Not definitely. Like I, I listened to you know your podcast as well as I started listening to Gary V after you said that as well. So like um, yeah, some really good stuff, and um, I'll put that in like the the show notes here so people can check that out as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any, any last words, anything else you want to, you know, you know, I just wanted to say thank you, you know, Um, before, before, uh, thank you for having me. Like, uh, I'm still new to this whole, like, I want to pick your brain outside of this, just like with some technical questions, because I'm so new to doing all this stuff that, you know, from an actual, like, quality of my, like, audio and video, I, I think my stuff sucks, but hopefully, you know, you can hear the message coming through all of that. And, you know, the more I do it, hopefully the better we get at it. Um, I don't know, as a parting shot, I just want to thank you, man. I want to thank you. Um, thank you for doing what you were doing. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for being open with your faith. And I don't know if, if you ever get discouraged with what's going on with your – What's listen, what's so cool about what you're doing, you know who did exactly what you're doing? had a very similar start to, to what you're doing and this is a guy you should connect with. Uh, I exploded and 
you know, he's super, super good and super talented and top of his game. Um, Steve Clark, man, Steve Clark's story is he's done. He did what you're doing right now. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've heard of him. He, could, he didn't get picked up by a club. Yeah. A cell club right out of school. And then he went knocking on doors in Scandinavia and went over there and did really well for a few Yeah. Hunter. Hmm. You're cutting out there. And then came back over here and played. First, I love seeing like the journey mm -hmm. losing me. Might be trying to get on my home Wi-Fi. I'm just pulling the driveway. Yeah, hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. You started cutting off as soon as you started talking about uh, Steve Clark. Yeah. I was just going to say that I really, I'm always really drawn to, to the journeyman, right? The, the guy that's willing to just continue to go and continue to grind and, you know, opportunities will come. They are what you make them and keep doing what you're doing and just keep, keep Christ at the center and keep showing everybody just how great his love is. You know what I mean? This, cause this, what you're doing right now through this is, is more important believe it or not, than anything you're going to do on the soccer field. And that's always what I had to kind of always remind myself about. And, uh, keep it up, man. I'm, I'm just – I love seeing what you're doing. Definitely. And I'm really excited to go – didn't you have – did did you have Wells Thompson as one of your guests one time on this? Yeah. Yeah. I got to I gotta go listen to that. I love Wells, man. He's He was he was a teammate of mine in Carolina in 2015. And he, he's just so on fire. I love I love it. Definitely. Well, thanks, Hunter. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, we'll definitely, you know, stay in touch with everything. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, thank you as well. Because, like, like you said, like, you know, you said you didn't feel like you were doing anything extra, you know, when you were at Pittsburgh. But, like, it was still, you know, inspiring to me, impactful to me, you know, what you guys were doing there at the Riverhounds, how you guys carried yourself. But, like, that's, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's God you know, working through you and everyone over there. And uh, I think, you know, for listeners too, it's like, you might not be able to see, you know, who you're impacting, but like you, you could be impacting people and not knowing about it too, you know? So yeah, yeah I just wanted to, to say that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. So good, man. Appreciate you. Alrighty. I appreciate you. Alrighty. Take care. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of Footballer's Faith. And again, if, you know, you took away any value from this podcast, please share it with a friend. Maybe maybe that friend is a footballer, right? And they have a relationship with Christ or they want to grow more in their, in their faith in Christ. You know, this is definitely a podcast I would uh, have loved to have, you know, listened to growing up. So... Uh, send this episode over to them, send them the podcast, let them know. And also leave a review, leave a rating on iTunes if you can. Uh, that would really help the podcast. Uh, and it helps other people find uh, the podcast when they search it up. So uh, and lastly, um, so today is actually September the 4th. And tomorrow, I am actually 
flying out to Northern Ireland. So I'm going to be playing out in Northern Ireland. I'm going on uh, trialing with some teams out there. So yeah, if you want to follow my journey through that as well, you know, as a footballer in Christ, right? And what that looks like daily as well. Um, you could start following me over on Instagram, the, the Footballers Faith Instagram account. So I'll, I'll leave that in the show notes, but it's at A underscore footballers underscore faith. I'm going to be posting what it's like over there and just the whole journey, really. So, all right, guys, much love. Take care.